1: Benahan. This is Talk Cosmos, Leading Edge Conversations, Awakening Your Authentic Self for Soul Growth. And it is, we're having a panel today, which is the Kaleidoscope Visions. And our topic on this Easter day, Sunday, and also with um, Ramadan, and with, oh boy, there's, there, there's a lot of celebrations during this period that are Passover. That would be coordinating, which is amazing, isn't it? Because part of our conversation, the conversation today, will be involving imagination doorways, because we have three planets, Jupiter and Neptune, and then Saturn, that are in this strong dialogue among themselves and have a lot of mythology that really bears relevance as we break down these doorways and open these doorways because that's what doorways are they're portals that lead one to the next it's a form that opens and there's a space but there's an entry and again as we have these three powerful religions that have perhaps you could say help mold so much consciousness both forming and rejecting which always has that toggle that the barriers have broken down, that they would be unified at this time. Perhaps it's one more message of Pisces, Pisces, where we have this one conjunction that we're speaking of that happens over many, many years in in one sign. It always happens every 12 years because Jupiter does its routine 12-year cycle, but it connects. Well, N- Neptune has a long, longer cycle, Yes. Neptune has a um, 13, 14 year cycle. So, uh, true. Okay. So, what I am saying is in Pisces, it's the waters of the womb of the imagination. And we will bring that up along with Saturn. It has the barriers and the walls and the forms, but it's breaking into new islands new islands of thought okay thank you so much for your interest and now we are time for this wonderful panel kaleidoscope visions
0: joining together to understand cosmic conscious energies engaging soul growth transitions illuminated through mythology and other cosmic languages this is your kaleidoscope visions panel
1: i'm sue rose Minahan, host of talk cosmos an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people,
2: animals, and nature. I'm Amanda Pierce a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new
3: realities and shifting old paradigms. I'm Julie Anglin, an intuitive healer and meditation teacher, combining my lifelong study of astrology in one-to-one intuitive and astrology consultations. I'm a clairvoyant reader and healer have worked as a creative business owner in finance and in publishing i also facilitate
4: an online women's meetup group and i'm john shinworth an astrologer whose evolutionary traditional and mythological techniques enhance my unique consultations in honor of sacred space i encourage dialogue and mindfulness while we explore your birth chart together i also hold a diploma from the international academy of astrology when i'm not studying the cosmos i enjoy penning poems watching movies going on Washington State road trip adventures.
1: And like the Sufi poet Rumi says,
4: you are the entire ocean
1: in a drop. Hey, isn't that fortuitous? We're finally landing on our little island of thought. Hi. Hi, everybody. John, Julie, and Amanda. Hello. Hey, everyone. Hi. Yeah, it's great. And I didn't mention, there were a couple of thoughts about Neptune. You know, Neptune was discovered in 1846. And the last time it conjunct in Pisces was just 10 years afterwards. And there were some significant um, relevations during that time. Freud was born. So it was that opening of dreams in his consciousness. And also the Crimea War had ended because Paris had a peace treaty at that time. And I hadn't thought of, and so who knows exactly, but we're concentrating more on just right now, these events that happened and we have charts, but it was just last week on the 11th and the 12th, five, six days ago, that uh, Saturn was in this struggle between past and future renovating our resources, you could say, and that then the great bountiful expanding jupiter and and neptune of no boundaries got together and no boundaries pisces so oh and yesterday was the full moon with um in libra meaning that's usually at time where we release and in libra of course that's so about partnerships and relationships, so there's some shadow part. There's something to take out of that, and something to release. So I'm throwing all this out because basically, I think we decided in Pisces we're in beingness. Yes, it's this beingness
2: that we're in. Yeah, and just because the the Jupiter Neptune conjunction happened five days ago, April twelfth. Doesn't mean we're not still feeling it. You know, they, they are still conjunct and we'll be kind of writing this for at least the next month. Yes, that is so
1: true. And it's good because I know from my my own personal life that I'm my focus is shifting where I I have this whole itinerary of goals, like drink, drink, drink. And then I've been persecuting myself like saturn yeah eh, eh, not doing what you're you know, <laughs> like where's that list and checking it and santa's not gonna <laughs> like you but and then i realized you know what there's this whole trust factor too like what is today revealing to me and how am i gathering and it's it's, it's kind of painful but it's yet joyous too to have that trust to say you know as long as you're doing some of the work I'm not totally in master's like I'm not controlling the ocean waves, I'm just writing them right
3: I like that, and it's like embracing the fact that we can walk into unknown territory and be held through it. um I had something happen yesterday where I just thought, okay, I don't know how it's gonna go i'm just gonna I'm just gonna go show up, and do it and it was like this opening of unexpected information and communication. And I could never have thought or directed that in my mind. It just was like there and for me to enjoy.
1: That really is what we're talking about, isn't it? This idea that instead of our sensing control, which we use, we we have bodies and reasons, but yet there's this greater um, force beyond ourselves, however we want to call it. John, have you some
4: thinking of jupiter and neptune jupiter as uh, god of the sky and neptune god of the sea and the, the limitless expanse so when these planets are involved together I always think of growth through imagination like suddenly possibilities are opened up right but uh the dark side of that might be delusions of grandeur so you have to be kind of careful but maybe that's why saturn is stepping in where it is mm-hmm. right yeah it
2: can Oh, yeah. It's just like it's it's divine timing that the Saturn square the nodes is the day before the Jupiter Neptune conjunction. And it's kind of here. um, Saturn always comes along with this clipboard and and it's like pop quiz time. You know, how are you doing in these areas? And are you are you um, are you grounding enough? Are you kind of do you have some structure in place for yourself? To, to make it through all of this nebulous energy. It's so fascinating because
1: I, you know, I'm um, not... Okay, if we talk astrology, I'm not in my first or even my second Saturn return. I've done those. And, but I'm just saying that Saturn hadn't always, I wasn't always able to listen to Saturn. I listened, but not constructively. I always had these other forces. I mean, I can't say that. It's just not this benevolent, always, okay, we've got t- a task. I think because partly I'm rebellious and, and, and try, and partly too because, there's like, if you look at the traditions, how do you fit in? And there's a lot of that now, I think, of how do we fit in? How do we make our imagination part of this world? I'm finding that possible and and I'm loving all the, the, you know, I need the... um, I keep thinking of those stretchy things that you put on yourself, bungee cords, leap off. It's like, you're not going to just fall off the cliff. Like has happened before, you know, you, you have a safety net, but what I'm getting at is um, let's, maybe we could look at the mythology because, or maybe we should look at the charts. I'm a little confused here. I mean, it's like all this interaction because what I'm getting at is, adding more voices to the story and um, getting guidance, how we can, and not censoring too much, you know, like from the fear part that Saturn can have, but rather, and maybe that's why one doesn't listen always to their imagination, is that, is this very practical? And right now it's not a time. We're, We're seeding, we're kind of breeding. And that's what the mythology says too. So, what's the vote? Should we look for the chart, or should we look at some of the Let's do it. Okay, the chart. Sure. Okay. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, we have the best help here at KK KKNW. Yes. So, thank you for listening and being on Talk Cosmos, which we have on our YouTube. Okay, here it is. This was the 11th, and this is in East Coast because you know it's nation but you can accommodate. So at any rate, look at that zero degrees on the cardinal cancer. Now. Okay. So astrology wise, uh, we're looking at the Saturn up in the above the horizon there. I don't know if I touch it. If, if people can see that 22 degrees in the nodes here. So, Amanda, what you thinking?
2: Well, yeah. So the first thing that I'm drawn to with this is that we've got the nodes in Taurus Scorpio. And so this is a time period where we know that issues around resources are coming up. And Taurus Scorpio has the energy of kind of life and death and survival to it. And Saturn is in Aquarius, which is a sign that on its high side is... Um, can be very detached and see like the bigger picture and on its on its more challenged side it can really get stuck in the trauma of things and so where are we with with that because with jupiter neptune like john was saying you can like spin out in your head quite a bit and so are we like are we able to where are we with um with kind of being in that state of more detachment which I think will really help with going with the flow a bit more. And so that's my thought.
1: Yeah, mythology. Oh, go oh, ahead, John. Oh, sorry. sorry.
4: Um, what I note is a uh, Saturn is next to. I guess it's Juno, and it looks like Vesta too. Which thank God those two goddesses are there. So the spinning out thing, or the heaviness. No, the heaviness of Saturn is tempered by uh, you have choices of what you're going to work on so it's like uh imp- important to your soul you want to work on vesta and the, and and your bonds and contracts you want to focus on that would be juno so it's like these goddesses are saying work on these things if it seems too hard here's here's but, like a here's a path for you here's some yeah, options, I mean, right
1: the the goddesses who which are becoming thankfully so important because it is that partnership it is that that, that dialogue. I mean, we're not lone islands by ourselves. If nothing else, the shores have the waters supporting it. Right. And that's where all the life is on the shores because, um, and I don't know if people know all the symbols, but it looks like a little flower. That's Juno, the uh, who's our partnerships. Right. And the Vesta and is go-
4: actually a little bit too far away. You don't have to worry about Vesta. I see that it's at 14 degrees. So maybe it's just Juno but
1: she's you could say that she's in awareness of what is emotionally important to us with the moon Mm -hmm. so there is a there's all this emotional context because saturn by itself can be pretty let's get up that mountain let's not worry too much about your feet are hurting you know just keep going you know you can bathe
3: them in the pool and keep trudging up the hill Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to comment just briefly about how Saturn on his own can get very isolated and, and very much in a vacuum of of that Saturnian mind of needing to feel parental or in mm-hmm. control or create structure. And these can be positive traits. But when the, the female energy of the, the asteroids comes in and comes in, So closely to Saturn, I like the feeling that Saturn is encouraged to not be so isolated, to Mm -hmm. be more of a team player, to allow for voices that are different, that would work with him rather than opposing, right?
1: Because in Aquarius, we know that this is a brotherhood, networking, community oriented energy that's saying to us let's restructure in because aquarius is future oriented and it wants to elevate and improve things let's get together and do this in a community fashion so very and, excellent
3: mm-hmm. and and on an, on a shadow level saturn on its own in in aquarius can become a little autocratic mm. so, elitist
1: it can be elitist right and very so once elitist. again
3: this this brother sisterhood energy of kind of addressing this nodal access for the planet more of an inclusivity approach is is vital right now it, it, it's necessary
1: it is and you know in every family no, I hesitate to say every I know that Jupiterian wants to go always every etc but many families have, a disparity of personalities right we don't just have one little cookie cutter with interpretations of what mom dad mom said dad said aunts uncles or anything it's all very individualistic so when we look at this pantheon of brothers and sisters or community oh what's all that gurgling in the noise okay sorry <laughs> that was a little bit clip the sound thank you um there's very different personalities here and it is a give and take so I really love this idea that we've got this conglomeration of, of aspects that are exact right within a day that or have long ebb tide you might say of going after it because going back to if we look at the sun that's still in Aries here this is just a week ago uh, heat, it, the sun at 21 Aries is exactly conjunct Pallas Athena. And Pallas Athena is one of the big, is very involved in this whole story of wisdom. She's the warrior of wisdom. You know, her father was Zeus or Jupiter, it, which is in this connection in Pisces. Mm-hmm. In fact, she was raised by uh no, she wasn't that I'm thinking of Venus any rate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little lost in there. That well, part of it. All she's those girls.
2: There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's, a, she's a feminine goddess, but yet she really associates herself with a lot of masculine energy. So it's like, she's, um, she's got a Yang expression coming from the yin. And so it's, It's really, it's really great to see. She has a lot of androgyny to her as well, because of that. And so it's like, how do we pull in this, um, this more masculine energy into our feminine expression with it being conjunct the sun
1: and what is that masculine that we've always past identified if we could start exactly which i think we know it's been that this there was brawn that we needed centuries and million million millennia ago which is still necessary for many activities but not to the extent and so therefore uh uh there was you know taking direction is what i'm saying because she's a warrior She's, but she's more of a mental warrior because her mother had been metis wisdom and she that was the first wife of zeus jupiter and the prophecy was just like in family legacy you're gonna have two kids a daughter a wise daughter and a son and he's going to overthrow you just like you did your father and your father did his father the grandpappy because you know you go from anyway we won't get into all that mythology but it was necessary because in you go from uranus that's an outside outer planet that has uh, um it, it was just there wasn't any there weren't any people and then you get Saturn, and then there were people on Earth, and there was a lot of roles and and, and, and um regulation, and it worked like clockwork, but yet people weren't able to identify individualate. And so when Jupiter overthrew Saturn, it was really a form of saying, I can be me no matter what, right or wrong. I don't have to be what I'm being told to do, which is more chaotic. So what I'm getting at is Athena came out of his head because he, in mythology, made Metis a fly. And Metis had been the one that helped Zeus figure out how to overthrow his father. So she's pretty wise. She was wise counsel. That's what the name means. But he made her a fly and ate her, just like his dad did. Okay. And the subject. But then what do you know? He gets a headache and maybe he didn't do such a good idea. And she comes out of the head. Salute. So, you.
0: yeah.
1: So, the point being, we have this rebirth. I mean, there's so many factors here. I hope I'm translating this idea. But here we have this feminine energy that's a goddess, an asteroid, you know, as far as our planetary things. There's noise there. You guys got to be, the the papers, they kind of the cat can, and what happened oh is it the kitty cat it, it Hello, was the, the kitty cat,
3: cat. oh yeah well, i'm that. sorry oh it's... she wants to participate
1: <laughs> well maybe i then I, she's telling me i've said what i've said and i can open up the stage here because the point is they're conjunct we have here not only the brothers um jupiter and zeus Three brothers, but there's a whole bunch of the Olympian gods. But being brothers in this family is so important. You know, one was of the wait,
3: wait, wait wait a minute though. Let's look at the next planet in that lineup because you have the sun, and then you have Pallas, and then you have Eris. (laughs) So, I mean, talk about female energy that is is a little Marsy, right? And a little more about blending and incorporating these parts of ourselves that are kind of supposedly forbidden as women and so i love the fact that she encapsulates kind of this it's not it's not so much justice as it is clear-sightedness about what's really going on here and who do we really need to allow into the conversation
4: I like that um juno is also conjunct mars so she that that energy is going together as well yeah and i did a little research and the asteroid metis is currently at 23 sagittarius which is trying all the sun palace oh, stuff. That's, is, that's kind of interesting
2: well and i really like that Sag. ruled by jupiter yeah. yeah yeah and i i really like that with Um, With Pallas there, conjunct the sun and conjunct Eris, Uh, it's really, it's about creative strategy. And in addition to that, we've got the Jupiter Neptune conjunction. So Jupiter or Neptune is like dissolving our belief systems and allowing for more creative ways to populate. And so I think that this is great potential for us to come up with creative strategies. It's just kind of there in the astrological weather showing up in multiple ways
1: yes and let's see i'm not sure what time okay we have a few more minutes good before we break because i just noticed this is the 11th with saturn the father here making this like you said between resources of of can i do it on my own can i be self-sufficient which is where we're trying to head and what resources am i trading in my partnerships, my, my committed partnerships that aren't working anymore because that's the Scorpio. So it's always this toggle between it and that clear-sighted objectiveness, but it's not just a rationale because you are dealing with a lot of emotion there with Scorpio always. It's not a, a simple case because there's it, commitments. They matter. You know, you have passion. It's life or death. It's going to work or not. And, and with, and then with your, so at any rate, this is like a dissolving with this whole pantheon of, of help. Should we go to the next? Uh, because the next day, this is exact with those brothers. You know, and maybe we don't have a lot of time but before the break, but Ju- okay, Jupiter, when they threw, overthrew their father Saturn and the brothers because he th- he threw in uh Metis threw in a rock uh d- into Saturn all swaddled up which is interesting cuz Saturn's so much of the earth right but but at any rate uh and then he regurgitated all the children um so in other words the three brothers divided the kingdoms and Neptune chose the waters and Jupiter was of the sky, but Neptune was originally God of the clouds and fertility, bringing the rain down. So it's Mm -hmm. like this recycling of water, which I think is fascinating.
4: He's tied to uh, being uh, a God of storms. Yes. So ancient Greek sailors would always give prayers to Poseidon as a storm God
1: and earthquakes
4: because they wanted safe. Yes. 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 Earthquakes, safe sailing, you know,
1: right so and his wife he had a wife salacia who is a dwarf planet and and i just realized this because it has been coming up in different astrology talks but salacia means um salt she's goddess of the salt waters and she was the calm water she would keep things calm although she had predecessors you know because astrology mythology is a long language and different cultures they called her am say this right sue Amphitrite. amphitrite am yeah amphitrite and so she wasn't always calm but yes like the stormy weather
4: an equivalent um, the- for salatia would be sedna from uh i guess it'd be inuit mythology is kind of similar thing.
3: yeah well i'd like to guess Julie, I'd like to go back um, to just, was Just picking up a little bit on the sort of the elemental qualities. I mean, we're talking about salt. We're talking about water from the sky. We're talking about earthquakes and the Earth having its own voice. I just think there's an interesting um, correlation to that lunar node axis of, of resources. I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but my mind kind of went to... Uh, Earth, earth, wind, fire, water, you know, all of these very elemental uh, issues.
1: Well, I didn't include the chart for it, but in 1110, there was um, earthquakes just prior to that. They think like in 08, like over in Japan, Alma, I think. There's a volcano there. The point was that there was an eclipse on March 29th. I have the chart right here, but I don't have it there. And in um, England, it was denoted that the moon, it was a lunar eclipse. The moon went away and never came back. Didn't come back for 10 years. And it happened to be that the nodes were exactly the same. Saturn was 22 degrees Aquarius, if we go back here to the to the one before, just like here. And the nodes were exactly the same. They were 22 oh. Taurus. And,
3: wow. Yeah. Mm.
1: And so for 10 years, it didn't come back. I can't even imagine. And you think back in history, that's around when the Crusades, people were trying to be so victorious. I don't know why people didn't realize it was it their duty really to kill? I mean, in the name of spirit, I, I just never understood that. Well,
3: the crusades were actually also about money.
1: Yeah. A little ulterior thinking, yeah. which has a little bit to do about the sc- ulterior. Yes, indeed. and resources. I want your resources. Is it for me, which really gets down to the whole, everything is are we isolated or are we connected as individuals as anything? And it's, uh, I suppose one day we might be able to really clone and so maybe we don't need but even from that you need an original clone to clone so there's some relationship you know I don't think we're ever yeah Amanda what are you thinking <laughs> Oh um
2: <laughs> I hear being you called up, on right? Well <laughs> you know I yeah the the whole like that's a fascinating connection Sue about the the nodes in Saturn and um, and just, I, I just fa- find it fascinating that we're talking about different elements and, and how topical that is for us today. Like everybody's thinking about it. it's on everybody's minds. So it's just, um, we're just in that Taurus Scorpio energy plus the Uranus energy in Taurus. So it's just, we're, it's just all up in the air and yeah. it's, it, only going to continue as the the nodes um get closer to conjuncting uranus later this summer that's true that's that's that'll
1: be i think in july well i know that we're past our little moment and this is with kaleidoscope visions with amanda pierce and julie anglin and john chinworth and i'm super rose Minahan, talk cosmos and it is the 17th of april So we'll come back as we discuss Imagination Doorways. We'll think more about that imagination, which we have the fertility for now. Oh, that's right. Neptune is a god of fertility, too. Okay, we'll be back. Thanks. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Aries. By leaving a cycle based upon completion, the energy of Aries sparks initiation, creating action to separate into a new cycle of life. It's a fire sign, which means it will involve great emotion. And because separation may create resistance, it also takes great courage to break away to new ways of becoming.
0: Hi. It's Dr. Laura Tad here to let you know I have an upcoming online course in personal mythology. In this course, you will explore the stories that you carry and how they impact your life. Some of these stories you have unconsciously inherited from your ancestors. Others are more culturally tied. As you unpack these stories, you will come to see which ones support you and your highest potential, and which ones you've outgrown and could use a rewrite. Class starts in April. Space is limited. For more information and to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. I hope to see you there. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Willie Bodrak. A retired expat from Seattle, now living in Mexico. You're listening to Talk
1: Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos.
2: Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Hi again. Well, that was quick and good. And you know what I realized? I'm going to go back to, if we can get those charts again, Nathan. And I'm going to go to our last one which is the new moon, uh, which was yesterday because
3: earlier on the, pardon me, full moon,
1: full moon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. You know, on the solstice, the winter solstice, we had Linda Barry, who's a vibrational astrologer, trained specifically by David Cochran, who has his vibrational, um, Uh, It just was, I think they just had it. They have it every year around the end of March or in March down in Florida. And vibrational energy is where they take thousands of charts and they, they see what the tendencies are. And it's fascinating. So I get her daily, she provides a daily diary. And so I was just reading it because she includes not just the day, but also the conjunctions between planets. So she has the new moon and the Sabian symbol for this new moon that we had. Oh, oh, here it is, which would be, I guess, at 27 degrees because they round it off to the next degree is lost opportunity regained in the imagination. Can you believe it? That's lovely. She, yeah. She says, It's about getting a second chance where you are able to reconnect with lost opportunities using your imagination. There is a warning here about getting caught up in loss and despair. It's important to focus on what you can be grateful for. And I was just taking a little class that uh, I've been told that grateful, um, it, it rewires our brain. That there was a study, this was by Mark Waldman, who has um, God Changes Your Brain. He did a book with a neurologist. And they discovered that if you, for seven days, write down three things you're grateful for, that energy is a positive shift in your whole perspective for a month. So it's like, a, or three months, I think it was. It was a long time. So here we go. And it's, it's also saying that it's a bit irrational energy that we experience. So, you know, we're approaching an eclipse in a couple of weeks. So, uh, but this is in Libra. So if we have, and I don't know if we need to really look at it a great deal. This, you know, we're going pretty soon. We're leaving Aries, but Aries is all about becoming. It's like, what seeds do we want? What, what do we want to imagine? Yeah.
3: Well, in Libra, I would think about alliances, too. I, I would think beyond the issue of, of partners one-on-one, but also alliances between countries and so forth, treaties that could be made. I mean, lost opportunity speaks to kind of some very serious mundane issues we're dealing with, just to bring it to another level.
2: And in this full moon, we have Pluto square the moon and mm-hmm. sun as well so you know power dynamics are really coming up to play pluto being in capricorn so you know that um plutocracy and kind of taking over others like power over on others um that's that's really present and i really like though how the moon is ruled by venus and how that can kind of soften the energy and when I'm looking at this on like more of a personal day to day energy, the moon in Libra, because it's a full moon, it's like the moon energy is big. Our emotions are big. And a lot, a lot of times Libra can have challenges with making decisions. And so here there can be some power struggles around that and how to be diplomatic, which I mean, that actually plays out well with um, on a country level as well. Um, But I like that softening that Venus brings to it and that when we're really standing in our power, you don't need to be bold and brash. You know, it's like true power doesn't need to be loud.
3: I think the the nature of an opposition is so strong in seeing the other and the lost opportunity of really embracing where that person's coming from also sort of brings in that Venusian desire to find some peace, some meeting in the middle. And that, yeah. that's a hopeful note. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, 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 you're fine. You're both. Let's unpack a little bit what some of these mean because are unpack, but, but Venus who is what we love, what we desire. It's our, therefore, what do we value? How do we, um, our resources, what are, what is it that we have on a personal basis? It, because it rules Taurus. It's, it's our, um, what gives us support our life uh, survival. Right. But in, right. But when we're talking about this other energy, it's like, how are we trading it? And is that worth it? Because when we talk about power, it's like, are we getting, a good exchange. Is it really, because we don't have everything within ourselves, we need relationships. So,
2: yeah, the challenge with Pisces as well is not going into a self-sacrifice position. Mm. Um, So, you know, not sacrificing for the other, um, which Libra can often do just to, to, to make sure that everything. Compromise. Yeah. Compromise or just, you know, Making not sure that the, the other person is okay. It doesn't matter how I feel. Caretaking so, them. Yeah. Yeah. So finding that balance. John?
4: Yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> the you. Sabian symbol for the moon, which is really interesting. Uh, an airplane sails high in the clear sky. And that some um, translate that as keeping a distance, detachment, disentanglement. So knowing when to not get too entangled. Also, uh, when I see a T-square, I always think of that, the T-squaring planet as the thorn in the side that you're trying to heal. Um, What needs healing? Uh, How do we handle our own power? Mm. Especially in like, well, like alliances and friendships and relationships and stuff like that, that may come to play. So keeping that detachment when you have to deal with those issues, perhaps.
1: And it is getting back down. Thank you. This is a whole circle here, getting back down to what it means to be. Your own self because Amanda, you were bringing that up, and I thought it was so great, but it seemed like kind of supporting what does that mean to be? It's like always okay thinking about the imagination, this lost imagination that we are looking if we are this airplane that's up in the sky looking over into um, what had been a lost opportunity, maybe gaining, recalculating, or reassessing what what to be thankful for so that we can start to dream and imagine. Because we, with imagination, there isn't really anything that prefaces prefaces it, right? We, We have to allow it to be. We can't be too worried whether it's practical or not. We can weed that out later. It's a big part of manifestation. Just, you know. The ocean right now is is really prominent. They just discovered a shark that's very slow, the slowest of all sharks, and it can be luminous and it can hide. I don't know how it hides if it's
3: luminous. But, a luminescence.
1: Yeah, luminescence. It's it's amazing. that They're finding a lot in the... Because last week we did discuss the the Pisces on a long range and I did with Wendy Stacy of britain um the mayo uh, school of astrology and with israel uh, ahosi of the uh, astrological lodge of london and wendy has a thursday night every fortnight fortnight is that two weeks i think yes uh-huh. I think okay so. i think so every yeah. Thank you. I was going to ask her, I thought I needed to look that up, but I'm sure Fortnite is every two weeks. She has a Thursday night. And she was saying that there's so many, uh, the ocean is, we hardly know anything about it. In fact, anyway, and that it'll reveal a lot. And I was just wondering besides what's in it, how we can use that resource because it's so packed with minerals and, I, and good yeah. stuff.
3: I just keep thinking when you're talking about self and not self and the things that we can put into our minds through our imaginations that anticipate what the not self is and unifies the self and not self. So the imagination really is a doorway to actually maybe thinking what could be or visioning what could be outside of ourselves and then it is actually there and that sort of speaks to that Neptune Jupiter wonderful imagination stuff that's blossoming so when you talk about the ocean and these things that we're finding somewhere along the line my my I went to Jules Verne I went to that place of where his imagination just encompassed these things we never could have thought of self not self it's just a lovely juxtaposition
4: I wrote next it, to my Pluto notes what hidden force is trying to get in, what's trying to be seen, what do we have to filter through to, to see what kind of power we have, what's the beautiful. correct power, and, and how do we use it, right?
1: And I was thinking of the electrical with salt because water, I mean, electricity goes through water, but it seems like salt is a conduit. It helps doesn't it? I, I thought. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. You're right.
1: So in some ways there is really, when we think about, and we have salt in our body too. So there is a, a way of messages, you know, receiving messages. is thinking. But yeah, that's the, the hidden. It's, it's many factors. Well, and
2: I just, I love what Julie was saying too about um, the imagination and how we can um create that forward. And it just speaks to the manifestation potential here with Jupiter Mm -hmm. and Neptune. And sometimes we get really locked into uh, what our thinking is and what our beliefs are. And those are that just then kind of starts to cycle and we think about it more and it becomes, it then becomes more real and more of our reality. And so I like the, the Neptune potential to dissolve our our current belief systems so that we can imagine something better and greater and and build and, build a and, better yeah. future
3: and be carried it by the currents of that into a new way of having our values and our connection to our others
2: in fact, yeah and I like feel- being in that state of allowing
3: you know it's <laughs> like,
2: and that's that's one of the challenges with the saturn um Saturn's where the yeah. nodes too. It's Saturn wants to control so much. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear in just surrendering back into, um, into that Neptunian um, flow. It's and true. Like, but yeah. I
1: think then really it's a matter there's two things. One is I forgot there's a new aspect happening when you said about ideas, because tomorrow on the 18th before uh, the sun leaving, taurus you know with i mean uh, okay tomorrow our <laughs> thinking cap um gemini i'm i'm staring at it so much and i realize not everybody can see it so i'm trying to explain it too and i'm, I'm so fast it's like get it out sue anyway mercury and uranus it's higher octave are going to be exactly together and they're going to be like spotting off all these ideas now that they're a non-verbal right now Mercury is in nonverbal Taurus, but when it conjuncts that Iranian Uranus of suddenness, it's going to explode these ideas or pictures, and we need to jot them down. It's
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, Mercury in Taurus, it's known for being um, really uh, it holds strong to what it thinks. You know, Deliberate. it's a fixed sign it's very deliberate. It's, it's slow thinking. It likes to ruminate on things. And with Uranus coming forward to touch it, like things can just shift. And I like that, that, um, energy combined with the Jupiter, Neptune, Jupiter being the higher mind, Mercury being the, the lower mind. And just, there's a lot of potential for things to to shift and, and change the way we think about things.
1: Yeah, because if we really can remember, and I know you, that it, with this whole fear thing that, that, that might, maybe there's good reason to have fear. How is one going to support something? I mean, a lot of economics are changing. I don't really need to be rosy and not grounded or realistic. But the fact is, is that imagination can help shift the whole perspective. And we need to let go of what, all we, like Einstein said, the problem is that if you keep thinking the same thing's going to happen when you want to resolve something, you'll never get anything new. So if you,
3: you go through the doorway of fear, you get to the imagination. You get to the spirituality of it. So the fear is the limitation. And Saturn's there saying, are you going to go through this door or not? You have a choice and that's the that's the real essence of Saturn you have a choice
1: and maybe too with this full moon of the realization of looking at what was it the airplane and the lost opportunity is is that in our partnerships
2: is um of value i got lost there sorry <laughs> well and i think that there's like, yes, we need to be in the flowy state, but I think that there's, we're trying to find that balance between how are we flowing, but also having strong boundaries for ourselves. It's like, it's, we don't want to give up one just for the other. So we want to keep that, that Saturn peace, but still be in that state of allowing. So that's, that's one of the challenges I think we're up against.
3: Uh, yeah. And I think it's really about awareness. I mean, so you want to have this structure. You want to have the balance of making things make sense, right? And, and have meaning that informs where we make our value judgments, that We have societal structures that do this, and I think that's that's the positive of Saturn, but I think it also, something you just said made me think about, yet again, the opposition, where it's asking us to unify the self and not-self, the mm-hmm. things we know and the things we don't know.
1: But there's a real importance in all of this to suspend, suspend the judgment, allow the, 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 the dissolving of these energies, because... Soon enough, in three weeks, the big Jupiter, the largest energy, the expansion ruler is going to go in his next of of Aries, which we're in that energy now wanting to become. So there's a lot of tug and pull here. It's like being in the waters, you know, with the ocean coming at you and going out and all the riptides and everything and the rocks that you might find on the shore. I mean, I'm living right on the water And, and it's, it's that whole existence, but you have to allow that to, to let things be fertile. Because if we go back to these brothers, Neptune is, was a God of fertility because rain, water, you know, recycles it. The sun lifts it, you know, we know how that goes and and that brings plants. We, we live. If you, if you go back. Oh, yeah. Oh, go oh, ahead. Just,
4: we have the chart for, uh, sorry, Mercury and Uranus, right? Can we put that up? I wish. No, we don't. Oh, I, we don't. I forgot. Oh, okay.
1: That's what I was saying. I. It's going to be tomorrow on the 18th, and this is yesterday. Should I get oh, rid cool. of this? And we will. Oh, just...
4: you know, on that, with that conjunction happening, I guess, tomorrow, uh, it's the minor aspect, but Mars is quintile, uh, Mercury, Uranus. To me, that's taking charge creat- creatively. I think that's kind well, of a yes, helpful thing. Yes, and explain thing, a little right? bit
1: about what that is, because people are like, ah, eh, "What is that?" Yeah, quintile is.
4: That's a quintile is seventy-two degrees, and planets are seventy-two degrees apart. That's a fifth of a circle, and a fifth we, we like to uh, link to creativity and artistry, and Mars, of course, taking charge, which is so, a very excellent. handy and, thing to have and, with, with those two planets. Quintiles
3: and genius. It it, yes. it is genius type of vibration. So it takes it to this. Heightened level of maybe some hey, of the hey. unexpectedness.
4: Yeah.
1: Right. And it's one that we need to uh, work on. I mean, it's one that if we see it and, and have it, we can develop it. It's not something that just, it's like a energy that's existent. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't just, like the septile of the seven, it's faded. It comes our way and somehow in life and experience. But the quintile, is a resource like a
3: Well, I think of I think of quintiles and I think of our hands. And that mm. energy that flows through the hands is electric. Mm. It's it's a manifesting energy. Oh. It's a heat. it can great. be a healing energy. It's 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 so material and immaterial. Yeah.
1: So what was this quintile that we need that we can work on, John? That, uh, with our hands quint- that we're gonna
4: get. <laughs> Mars is quintiling uh Mercury and Uranus, their conjunction. Imagine. Also, I wanted to say with Mercury, Uranus is like a free speech, hopefully from the heart, sudden understanding and um, maybe sudden travel, but maybe to where you really need to go. Imagination. Right? Or being Imagine. forthright, Mars, creatively, where do I need to go to travel to do whatever I need to do? And and with Uranus, suddenly, surprise, hello. right?
2: And, and Uranus is genius energy just on its own. So this right. is like a double signature which is significant right what were you going to say amanda earlier do you recall oh i was just gonna say um we were talking about the the jupiter neptune conjunction and being in the flow um and just if you look at that that chart um the moon is at zero degrees virgo and so there's just a need to kind of bring in that discernment as well and so that's that piece of um Not going too far into the crazy that Jupiter and Appianian can. Well,
1: (laughs) I suppose that that could be what Saturn is saying. I I, (laughs) I tend to think to myself, sometimes it's involuntary. I think that's the beautiful thing about this Piscean imagination, is that you get a brainstorm. And like you say, it's sudden, it's electrical. We've got these these, these social, uh, we've got the outer planets here that are like having a a party of um of experiences so it'll be well we'll have to check next time and see what are we doing in grounded taurus <laughs> as we trying to burn with our seeds thank you so much i can hear the we're fielding offices, kaleidoscope visions with John Chinworth, Julie Englin, Amanda Pearson, Sue Rose Minahan. Thank,
0: Thank you, you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.